Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Get ready for the event of the summer, the Northwoods Throwdown Charity Softball Game. Maine Game Wardens versus New Hampshire Game Wardens. Hadlock Field, Portland, Maine, home of the Sea Dogs. Saturday, August 3rd, gates open at 4 p.m. Meet the game wardens playing and be there early for all the events leading up to the game. Get your tickets soon at porttix.com. That's P-O-R-T-T-I-X.com. This is Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and I'll see you there. Wireless Partners building the first net cellular network for AT&T in New Hampshire, Maine, and Vermont to ensure first responders can always communicate in emergency situations so you know help is on the way when you need it. Wireless Partners is partnering for success with communities, local and state government, local business, and visitors. Wireless Partners building cellular networks for you. Guidefitter.com. Guidefitter, bridging you to the outdoors while providing a quality platform for guides and outfitters for you to select from. Guidefitter is the best place to get discounts on gear if you're an outdoor professional. As a game warden, I'm a member of the Outdoor Government Program, which has over 80 quality brands to get discounts from. It's free to join. Yes, free to join. And all you need to do is prove that you're an active outdoor government employee. There are all kinds of products available. Apparel, boots, archery equipment, optics, backpacks, cameras, watches, ammo, anything, you name it. And while you're there, check out the articles, information, and stories that you'll be inspired from. So before you head out to work in the outdoors or start your next outdoor adventure, check out GuideFitter.com and get discounts on your everyday or every so often outdoor equipment. This is Game Warden Wayne Saunders for GuideFitter. Wish you could fish more, anywhere, anytime. Rod Geeks, a St. Croix Rods partner, has developed a 42-inch one-piece travel rod designed and built with the same technology found in St. Croix Rods. This travel rod is offered as a kit that comes with the RG42 rod, spinning reel, fishing line, pliers, and tackle tray. All in a case with space for your wallet, phone, and fishing license. Just grab and go. Perfect to keep in your pickup, car, or RV. This shorty performs much like a longer rod, but is compact enough for easy storage and for on-the-go use. Make this the summer you fish more. RodGeeks.com
Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Episode 11, Part 2 of Conservation, Eric Fluat. And you got a taste of it, you got a whole podcast with Eric and I, and now we're going to roll right back into another podcast, Episode 11. I'm not going to do a lot of talking here because we've done a lot of talking, and I'm sure you guys are anxious to, to finish this podcast out because I hope we got you excited, I hope we got you fired up. Here's Episode 11. Part two of Conservation Eric Fluet, who handles canine moxie. Thanks for listening. I just kind of want to get back into our history arc because that was fun for the first hour talking about everything we've done together and uh, yeah, just so much more. And I, I guess I, I've gravitated to certain people to work with through the years. And A, you're close. And B, you were fun to work with, similar to Glenn Lucas. Glenn and I have a lot of history together, too, because we enjoyed each other's company, and we got a lot of work done while we were doing it. When you were in the Seacoast, I'd always have you come up for moose season. I think we had the most spectacular moose seasons of my career. Yeah, I remember it pretty vividly, that's for sure. Yeah, and it was just it was when we had a lot of moose. Yeah, I, uh, yeah anytime I put in for one of those, I always hope to, hope to get it, and... Uh, yeah, every time I put in, I got a detail to come up and uh, experience working with moose because I really never got to do any of that moose enforcement down in District 6. Yeah, because being a Seacoast game warden at the time, you had like one moose to take care of down there? Yeah, and I, I honestly, I don't even remember if I had any in my in my zones. Per don't se, I remember so, one getting yeah. into trouble? Yeah, I mean, the occasional, you know, you'd have one that... On Route 95. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, or, yeah. A, yeah. I'll say a traffic moose scenario, a traffic but, but moose not, scenario. A, not a hunting. Um, and sometimes you get those moose city moose scenarios too, where they get in the city and they can't get out too. So never had one of those down on the seacoast. No, 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 um, no car garage or anything uh, mm-hmm. like other places. Yeah. But, you weren't involved in the car garage moose, were you? Nope. Nope. No, that'll be another episode <laughs> <laughs> with another game warden. Uh, that, that's a good one. So, Dude, but yeah. you know, that was nice because you had nothing really, I shouldn't say you have nothing going on, but it wasn't as intense as, and we needed help in the North for moose season. Much like you need the help in the South for yeah. JEA or the busy summer season and things like time, that. Yeah. So we have a tendency to shift where the work is. So we come and help and vice versa. So, you know, and yeah. uh, your first moose season was, uh, uh, you know, how many times do you, do you think you came up? I don't know if it was just two years, Wayne, back to back. Two or three. Then, yeah, maybe, maybe it was three. But, you know, it probably was three, including my trainee year, because I probably right. would have worked... Maybe that was, yeah, my first moose season would have been that fall 2010. And I I thought about it. I did have you as a trainee. I was going to say, would that have been when? Yeah, I had you as a trainee because I remember trying to correct your yup, yup. (laughs) Because Eric always, yup, 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 yup. He just wasn't happy with one yup. It was yup, yup. 
So, and he'd have this conversation. So I tried breaking that habit. I don't think I did break it. You Although know, you I haven't said it. You're breaking your habit was like saying it to me all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I will say I've been waiting for this through this whole podcast, the one we did before, uh, waiting for the yup yup, yeah. and uh, I haven't got it, so I, I'm pretty impressed, Eric. So. Well, now that you got it in my head, now I'm going to say now you have it, a yup so. yup. So everybody's be listening for the yup yup. So, <laughs> oh man. So so what do you remember rolling in for moose season? Uh, I just stayed at the house, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. I think I stayed at the house, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, per usual uh, hunting season, I think we started at dark. And, uh, yeah, of course I'm, uh, you know, don't know any of your area, so I'm more or less along for the, along for the ride and, and the ride we had. Because, ride we had. Uh, you know, I mean, I think in the beginning there, Wayne, we were coming up on hunter, successful hunter after successful hunter. I mean, every couple hundred yards, it seemed like. Yeah, we were running into that. And it was the first time when you were, when you were with me that I had calls pending as a game warden. <laughs> Calls pending. I mean, I know that happens in the South when they get too busy. They get, you know, this call, that call, and they have a lot. But But yeah, these were all like moose. All moose things, things. you know, from double moose to another case to another case. And, you know, I think we had like four calls pending and we were, we were trying to get to that sick moose out in uh, Dummer. Dummer. Yep. So when we finally got to that sick moose that, you know, you know, we have brainworm, we have lungworm. If if you believe in incarnation, don't come back as a moose because they got all <laughs> kinds of things wrong with them. So they can be pretty majestic too. Yeah, yeah. Fall time, very majestic. Uh, yep. Springtime, look like ghosts. You know. Right. And the nice thing is, all those things don't affect the meat, according to the biologists. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're edible. So um, we went out and checked that moose and. Yeah, whatever it had going on. And it wasn't that bad. No, no. No, and we, we determined that, you know, this would be a good moose to be taken yeah, during the moose Yeah, and it was hunt. an antlerless, uh, you it know. It was an antlerless, and, you know, it was acting. It would be a perfect tag for one of them to fill, you know. Right, exactly. So we checked out this sick moose, and then we left this sick moose. And then it was, what, an hour and a half later we get called, reference, because we got called to the sick moose to start with, so because they wouldn't get out of the road or something. And, yeah. you know, he was just acting uh, who knows what he had going on maybe yeah. the beginnings of brain worm yeah. is my thought but he, he looked fairly healthy you know so uh yeah, he called to a mercy killing, a mercy killing. Yeah. <laughs> yep guys that had moose tags shot this moose and didn't want to tag it and the, the last guys that found it probably reported it had a moose tag and just yeah. didn't want it yep so i just want to say hey this moose is acting a little odd so they called in so we we did an eval and said nope this is good for Somebody looking for a moose. And yeah. So we made those guys tag it. Yep. Um, yeah. And why people pull the trigger on a mercy killing and then call the game warden and they had a guide. You know, and I, I guess at least they called us, Wayne, but yeah. But yeah, that was just a weird, all I can picture is maybe they got up to it and it was smaller than what they, I, I, I don't know. It was just a weird. It was after they pulled the trigger, yeah, they were like, yeah, yeah. oh, I wonder if we can get out of this now. It's not really what we want. So yeah. And I'm sure the guy weird... looked at him and said, hey, it's up to you guys. Yeah, yeah, because that's uh, that's what they do. They leave it in the the sports that's in your game. Yeah, so you you make the decision. They made the decision. They walked up to it and said, oh, "I don't really want this thing." Yeah. So talked you know, to us, and yeah. obviously we so, so we yeah. rolled all the way back there. And yeah, said, yep, <laughs> knew right where they were. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the first call was uh, the first call of the day was a double moose kill. We were on our way to do that as we got involved with something else or we actually were involved with something else so we had those two guides in new hampshire you could only have a single guide 
guiding. It says a guide, not guides. So you can't have multiple guides on a moose hunt. So we were dealing with one guy with two guides, which, you know, doesn't usually happen a whole lot. So, and, and not that we addressed it with a ticket or anything, but we had been hiking into an area and then I got a call about this double moose. So I diverted my sergeant towards this other double moose kill. And have you ever worked another double moose kill? I don't think I, I don't think so. Yeah. And and it can be done very, mistakes can be done very easily. Even the best of hunter has made this mistake. And it's, you pull the trigger on a moose and then you stop. You get, as far as I'm concerned, you get one shot. And make that shot good because sometimes a moose falls down and the other one that's right beside it that was bedded stands up. Uh, Had that happen and the hunter thinks. Wasn't there three on one years ago? There was, yeah, actually they had four. They killed four. That was a long distance shooting, and uh, yeah, Mark Ober Just actually was on there. Kept standing up and kept standing you know, up, and they kept similar bull group. And um, those a- were just moose because they were shooting a long ways away. Oh, okay. okay. So they were they shot moose and they shot four moose. So uh, so it happens, and uh, like I said, to the best of a hunter, you squeeze that trigger. I had one one guy I know very well, extremely good hunter. He shoots a moose going into a patch of woods. The bull runs out the other end. He shoots, and uh, he he retrieved his moose that he thought he shot out and we went back and checked the kill site and we find another bull dead you know on the in the beginning of the wood patch where he shot the first one well and even um i guess i had had one double kill instance but um it ended up dying eventually the second one but it was separated hunters uh you know which was a problem that led to this for sure but mm-hmm. same size cows i mean wayne these things had to have been a match of 50 pounds between the two i mean they looked same exact cow um and of course one shot you know drops one and another one comes running and right that was the s- subsequent one that got shot and it eventually died but um but yeah that was interesting to see the same you know that same looking you know you could see how that could happen yeah and that that's a reason why we don't have this permitty and subpermitty separated oh huge that's what happens huge key key component there if you if you're side by side it's going to be a lot harder to make that mistake mm-hmm. but yet it still does happen um and then you separate it and then it's just you know is that the right one or is it another one and what are right. the odds of rolling up on multiple and so you want to you don't want to lose that animal and uh. no, no doubt you know I, I can see how it happens that's why even on these tv shows you know as soon as i shoot i'm like oh, don't shoot again don't yeah shoot, you know in my mind i'm like <laughs> so and uh and there's some guides out there that do the same thing you know yep, and just stop. That, that, yeah. you take one shot and you're done yep you're done so yeah. um but, and again, with most animals, I am shooting until they're dead, you know. If you don't lose track of it, and you can say that's the identical animal, and it never runs into some woods, or if it goes down and comes back up, you know. Right, right. If it goes down, just don't 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 even bother, you know, because it could be that other bedded bull right beside it. So, oh, yeah. I've seen that time and time again. Oh, and even uh, whitetail hunting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a buck I got two years ago or whatever it was, uh constantly in and out of the scope was was a deer you know and uh and i kept having to try to get on the head of this thing as they were moving and uh ended up because i couldn't put antlers on i'm like this is weird because i saw the antlers of this buck for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i knew i wasn't gonna miss those antlers come to find out you know he's with he's with a doe and uh 
constantly back and forth i'm trying to make sure i'm on the right the right deer in this case those two and uh, eventually she led uh, away so i had the doe in sight uh, in the scope and then waited and eventually got the got the buck right through this spot and uh, but you could totally see okay just saw our antlers in that first instance as soon as you saw our shoulder shot taking it right and i could have very well you know you could you could see how that mistake could be made and you walk up on a doe Absolutely. i mean we we take calls for it usually once a year that i go to that's a doe kill instead of a buck but everybody swears they saw a buck and i and i believe them you know most of the time and it uh you see how they could screw that up for sure right and it's absolutely the way they deal with it it's the way we deal with them yep you know they didn't walk away they made a mistake they called the game warden yep that's what a good hunter does yeah 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 so and we we do the best we can by them you know we still we still have a usually issued paper at least that was always my policy because Next year, oh, another accident, you know. And you have those guys that start shooting brown oh, yeah. because they didn't get a ticket last year, so. Well, and that's the thing. It still comes down to identifying your target 100%, mm-hmm. you know, before squeezing that trigger. And yeah. and so there is, there was an issue that presented that issue, you know. So I guess, like you said, we're addressing it. And then, um, you know, whether we adjust that, that suspension scenario and, and that's, on it. that's because where they I called. always went to bat for the hunter, yep. you know. Yeah, he made a mistake. He turned himself in. We shouldn't suspend his hunting license. Yeah. And that's always been effective. You know, the colonel certainly agrees with that. So, but he does like to see a little action taken so it doesn't, you know, doesn't want to see this happen again. Yeah. So, a a lesson learned. So, but, you know, so moose season was pretty exciting for us. I definitely uh, enjoyed that. Uh, You hit the heyday arc. Yeah. Well, that's what's so since I moved north to the patrol it's been way different the moose hunt i mean significant less numbers of hunters in uh geez that that first couple years i was coming up with you wayne was something else opening day yeah we'd find clusters of moose hunters and just to start working and we like to work on foot too. get off and see if we can see separated parties yeah yeah get get right into i mean one time i hiked quite a ways in and uh met met one of the guys at uh millsfield pond and you know, it's just so cool when you see a game warden in the woods. And if that's ever happened to you, I hear the stories all the time about seeing the warden in the woods. And uh, yeah, yeah. that that has an effect on people. So nice, beautiful bull. They're hooking up the drag out. And here's the game warden, you know, you know, a couple miles away from his truck. You know, it's been following this. Actually, it was an ATV. And they yeah. had permission to be where they were. So, but, yeah, uh, yeah. That's it. And we, we usually, we like to check kill sites, too, because of that devil moose theory so which brings me to a story for the one of those moose hunts mm-hmm. you know my antler find oh my goodness you know and you might be able to allude to this story mm-hmm. uh, or from your perspective yes. but you know so wayne and i are going into this kill site you know this was on our busy day and uh, already had that that double kill in the morning a bunch of other things we'd gone to and we're checking this kill site and it, it's a long ways in i mean we're we're hiking a little ways you know mm-hmm. and um, getting to this cut and, you know, we're thinking, you know, you just think you're getting close because it's inevitable we're going to f- come to the end of the trail here. And uh, all of a sudden, I just see an antler. And I, so I, I'm hooting and hollering because, you know, from my perspective, I found a, a shed antler. You know, so just a, a score to find find an antler that had dropped. And, and from my perspective is <laughs> usually when a, a moose dies and it's a bull, 
His antlers stuck straight up in the air. So when you see an antler, it's usually attached to a moose this time of year when we're looking for double kills. And that usually is an indicator to me that we have a double kill. So he starts hooting and hollering about finding an antler. And I'm thinking, all right, we got a case here. Yeah. We got a double Meanwhile, kill. Meanwhile, it's it's five at night or whatever time. So we're at the, you know, kind of end of things. And we got another double kill. He's yeah. like, <laughs> I'm thinking what a day this is going to be as he picks up this drop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a very big drop Yeah, just either. a fort. Fork, fork. Uh, but he's all excited and I, he looks at me and he's like oh, what's wrong yeah i'm like man you just you know my adrenaline from here to there and then i explain myself yeah and it's like oh, oh i can well. see that happening yeah i can see that happen i'm like all right we got a double kill here you know so we got a case going on yeah. uh, not that i'm happy they get killed too i'm happy that we found it so but yeah. that that was the end of that so but uh deer hunting together yeah yeah so yeah finished up um you know, when I eventually transferred north, so, you know, in a perfect world, I feel like I wished I'd have done 10 and 10, you know, 10 on the coast, 10 up north, you know, and, mm. uh, but after that roughly three years, I, I transferred up to that arrow patrol. And I think our first fall, uh, you and I were out, out hunting on our days off cause we were on the same schedule at we the were. time. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll never, I'll never forget. You want to lead into your your end? Yeah, of the perspective? my my end is we're trying to find a place to hunt, and there's snow on the ground, and, and every place we go, it's tracked up pretty good. And I'm like, we got a case that's ongoing, uh, an illegal bait. And I said to Eric, I said, hey, let's go hunt that area where that illegal bait is, because where there's one, there's probably two, so or three or four. It's just a good idea. And I've done this before when you have an active case is to hunt in that area to, to A, learn the area if you got to go in on the illegal, the bait you've already found or other things. So I'm like, let's go up there. We got up there and the foot traffic wasn't that bad. So I was uh, pretty happy with that. So Eric went one way and I went another and I ran into a buck track fairly quickly, but it was down low and we started working our way up. So... And, uh, you know, I keep finding this nice little plateau, some good sign on it. So I settled down for a while. And the nice thing is, you know, I, I can't believe I'm even doing this while I'm hunting, but we text, you know, we have good, decent cell phone signals. We're texting here and there, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and we're, I don't even know, we must have been like two hours into the hunt type thing. Yeah, about two hours, almost exactly a mile from the truck. Yep, yep. So, and I and I'm I'm sitting there and it's kind of noisy in the woods. And I hear crunch, 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 crunch. I'm thinking, "Oh, here comes Eric." Yeah. You know? But I've been in this position before, so until you know it's Eric, you got to be quiet. So, I'm sitting there crunch, crunch. I'm like, "Man, he's making a lot of noise." So, you know, we are hunting here, but <laughs> I, I I'm sitting and I and I'm waiting crunch, 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 and all of a sudden I see this buck coming on, working his way along the ridge, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a good buck." You know? And he's heading right towards me and i'm like i don't even have a shot because he's kind of behind me and if i swing around to move uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna miss him so he comes down and he's within 20 yards as he he can go right up over the knob or come down my way and he yeah. comes down my way and i get like a 20 yard shot on a nice eight pointer and uh yeah that was the end of the story right there right then it was it was it was beautiful so but i call eric and he never heard my shot yeah yeah so from my perspective here i am you know trucking along just man this is an awesome area where i'm looping up to this remote pond walk right up to the edge of it this is this is great you know plenty of sign around and just kind of doing my my thing of kind of exploring and and still stalking and uh yeah so then he texts me nonchalantly and looking me, for evidence yeah yeah text me he's got <laughs> got got a deer down and i'm like 
Yeah, right. And I know we're not that far from each other. And I'm just, I'm like, he's messing with me. Here we are. We're only two hours in, you know, and, and I, I've got plenty of time to hunt, think it, you know, I, yeah. and he's got, says, yeah, no, I got one down. I'm like, well, if you're not messing with me, give me your GPS coordinates. So he, he did. And, uh, yeah, I was half a mile from you. Hey, you Never heard fairly the shot. quick. As a matter of fact, when I saw you going through the woods, I'm like, that can't be Eric. That was way too quick. It took you about like twenty minutes to get them. Oh, like I was all amped up. When yeah, you, yeah, you were taking yeah. long strides. Yeah. Eric's a tall guy with long <laughs> legs, and I, he was moving through the woods. He was moving. As a matter of fact, I yelled at him, yeah. <laughs> and it was still noisy. He's going crunch, crunch. He sounded like that deer coming, and he made so much noise. So, Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal: develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Yeah, well, then I get there, and again, you were pretty nonchalantly, and then he's got this beautiful eight-pointer laying there, and uh, beautiful deer. So, yeah, I... uh yeah, I was ecstatic for him. And uh, and the other thing you found was that second illegal. Oh, yeah, yeah, on our way out. Yeah, that was an interesting one because on my way up, I uh, found a stand, no bait on it, but there was the remnants of that deer deer lick stuff. So mm-hmm. basically some, some what we'll call liquid attractant um, that, that was at that stand. And then uh, later that season connected both stands uh to a hunter too so um and that's a good story that was the very yeah, last pretty, day of yeah. archery season yeah december 15th last day of the season last day of the season i had been trying to catch up with that hunter for the entire season mm-hmm. and uh literally that last day fresh snow fresh like foot of snow and that vehicle was parked in the landing and uh yeah uh conservation officer at the time adam cheney and i are together and i'm like yep we're going in on this and uh sure enough just fall the tracks right in hunters right there fresh corn apples and the tracks actually led to the corn which got freshly dumped. oh yeah freshened up that day because i was a little nervous with that foot of snow that i'm gonna and it was fresh snow Mm -hmm. uh that i was gonna have to do some digging to see the evidence and in find the evidence uh, again since the last time i'd been there um and it yeah it couldn't have worked out any better yeah so. some golden yellow and oh oh yeah yeah without a doubt uh was baited that day and and, and the tracks went from the bait right up the yep, tree right, right up to his stand yeah so. so it was you know an easy connection classic um you know what what could he say you know right um and uh, yeah but that was the last last, last day, day of the season, season so. you've been watching that I mean, I, I got that deer in November, probably three quarters yeah. of a mile from there. I'll probably, actually, it was, yeah, probably three quarters. Yeah, I want to say you and I had even gone in and to the stand. You had showed me where it was from yep. info in the previous year. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, it wasn't wasn't baited. But, um, you yeah, it had been a while. It was a lot of work into that one. There, there was. Yeah. There was. It was constant, <laughs> so... But to, to make the case, the last day of the season, the last you know yeah. hours basically before it closed, that's a, that that that's an yeah totally totally awesome. You know, the hunter was wanting to get out there for last day of archery, last day of the season, so it was a lucky guarantee that you know unless he had other sites that he was going to be at that one and lucked right. out, and he was. Yeah, 
Amir do a lot together because uh, we like hanging out. We have fun together. We always have good stories. So we actually vacation together. <laughs> so um, it was pretty entertaining when you go on vacation and, you know, Eric tells people he's on vacation with his boss, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it's nice if I put in for time, you know, you've got yeah, to prove, you always know. got it. <laughs> and, and Eric scuba dives and I scuba dive. So that, that that's pretty fun, too, to have that that. that connection and be able to do that so uh, yeah we went to turks and caicos together and phenomenal <sighs> diving yeah, which the- yeah i i can't even i mean when we landed there talk about you know short trip in and just the resort we were at phenomenal yeah, phenomenal gorgeous. and first thing on our mind is is figuring out how to dive let's, you know where we gotta down. where we gotta sign up to be able to dive tomorrow right so and we're off to the dive shop so, which was a bunch of characters there. Yeah. Well, and of course, you know, we're pretty easy going, and, mm-hmm. but we weren't, you know, people were trying to read us at the scuba, you know. Yeah. The management was trying to get an idea. So basically, Wayne and I come to the determination that we probably need a refresher because yeah. it's been, I haven't been a like number of years. years. Eric, it's been yeah, like five. I, yeah. So. We're, we're going to do the refresher. Yeah. So pay the little extra, have our refresher in the morning, and then we get to go out Absolutely. and dive. Uh, so we're we're excited, you know. Jeez, I think we went to the we had our homework to do. Yeah, and we yeah we studied. We had a test. Yeah, we're doing this. Test. We're filling all this in, doing our dive table stuff. Yep. I mean, we're grinding gears. We hadn't grinded in a while, a long time. Yeah, and uh, so we show up that next morning, and I think it was Jacques. Yes, Jacques. and. Uh, so we show up and give them our tests, and you get all mad at you for getting the right answers. <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, how'd you figure out this dive table thing? Yeah, Eric's we, like, we had to the crunch dive back to. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm supposed to teach you that stuff. You're not supposed to know that stuff. Oh, uh, so, so it was kind of regimented to start. That you know, yeah. Ready. Well, then we're yeah, and we're going in the pool. Jump, yeah. They have us give us all our stuff. So the test was pretty pretty quick to go through yeah and then uh yeah threw us in that and they're parking orders left and right yeah yeah we're just like i'm like what is this like this all military style or what yeah we're just (laughs) wayne and i are looking at each other like what do we get ourselves into here you know i mean they're they're running us right through and we can't tell if we're going this guy or that yeah you know and and there's like six of them there's four sitting on the edge and jocks yeah yeah we're the only two yeah and they're barking at us like we're recruits and i'm like you know, geez, this is pretty serious stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we're going through our paces underwater and everything and you the know, surface. And in the end, yeah. yeah. And Jock's like, uh, you guys are all set. We're like, we're like holy cow. This was... uh, and he's like, yeah. I said, so we did good. He goes, oh, yeah, you guys were the best guys I've ever had. Well, <laughs> and we had meanwhile, like, we're stressing out that we are like we're a like train failing. wreck, you know? Yeah, this has been like, since. What the heck? He's barking at this to do that. To oh. Do that. Not happy with that, you know, it was just, you know. And, oh, talk know. about a sigh of relief after uh, that. And, and a good relationship builder because I, I they, they were tested us. And uh, yeah. that whole week we had awesome relationships with that whole dive team. So, uh, yeah, they, they did a really good job with us and uh, it was fun, fun, yeah. fun, fun. So, but to, to think we were the best he ever had, yeah. I, I was I was in a total shock after we'd been barked at and this and that and do yeah. that and this. And I was like, wow, 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 these guys are really serious and uh, we're going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's been 15 years. Yeah, so much for a refresher. Spent 75 bucks on this refresher, and we're going to yeah, have to do it again. Uh, and then that first dive, man. <laughs> wow. That first dive was in for numerous reasons. Incredible. I, 
I mean, the, the, the seas out there were just so rough getting out there. Yeah. Yeah. So first, so we're jumping on the, on the boat. So we got this big boat we're jumping on, which was a cool ride in mm, itself. Very nice. In, in, yeah, never been, I've never, so I dove Bermuda years prior, but, um, this, I mean, Turks and Caicos. Just, yeah. This is my first Caribbean trip. I'd been to Florida and dove all over Florida, but I hadn't yeah. been to the Caribbean either. So. And I mean, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, jumping uh, in for our first time in phenomenal that vivid blue, uh, uh, you know, and what do we drop down to, I don't know, 50 right off, and then yep. we're in the terrain, you know? Right into and, that uh, coral on the edge of that sea yep. cliff that dropped well, like 4,000 feet. Yeah, that you know, it's real interesting when you go over that edge, and, you know, this is, so this is our first dive, and, yeah. it's, and it is... What we come to find out, world class diving, oh, in, incredible. In uh, Wayne and I are just taking it in. I mean, I'm taking it in so much. I am. It's like sensory override because you're yeah. right. The, the blues, the color, the fish, uh, the vastness of that cliff that's dropping off into nothingness. And here's yeah. Eric swing, swimming out up beyond the cliff. Yeah, oh yeah. You can just see the. You know, he's like. You know, this is like four thousand feet below him of nothing. But that being said, I had no idea of that until later in the trip. So I'm looking down over that cliff, and I'm just like, this is the best thing going. I mean, I, I'm seeing below me this dark blue that I just, I can't, nothing, I can't even describe it in words. But looking down at it, just like, wow, in, in my head, I'm just like, wow, I wonder how deep that is. It must be 300 feet. Yeah, I don't think we knew you it know, was like 4,000 feet deep. Yeah, not thousands of feet right. deep. And and uh, so I'm hanging over that edge, and geez, Wayne, I think we were fluctuating anywhere to depths of 80 feet. You know, I mean, we were, yeah, we we were, were deeper we were, than we probably... We, we were told not to go beyond yeah, what, 60 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there's Eric, you know, he's yeah, like, we're in that 70, 90, to, yeah, 100, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yep, so. <laughs> and, and Wayne and I are just taking this in, and, uh, well, I remember, I forget what kind of shark it was, but I remember I'm hanging over that ledge, and I'm just looking at you, and all I want to be doing is talking to you, because yeah. I got this shark that's getting too close, you know. I've never had a shark beside me, so uh, now I, get, I got this one. I get one. to watch this, because... You know, you gauge the size of it. Here comes the shark, and here comes uh, Eric swimming, and he swims right underneath Eric. I mean, <laughs> what, probably four feet underneath it, you? It was close enough that I and everything. I mean, it was – I feel like I could have reached out and touched it. It looked you like know? you could reach out and touch it. I mean, it. I know the goggles make everything seem And Eric, real. how tall are you? 6'5". <laughs> so, and the shark was almost as long as it, you were. Yeah. And that's how I ranged. I look at Eric, and I look at the shark. I'm like, that, that shark's like six feet long. You know, and I'm just looking to the, you know, our leader, and he's not, he's not oh, freaking chilling. out, so I'm just kind of going with just it, chilling. you know, because this is our first dive, you know. Yeah. I remember the quick hand signals they gave us for, yeah. you know, all these different animals. Meanwhile, now I got this yeah, thing like right when beside you run out me. Of air, you know, that. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, leading up to that. So this was <laughs> this was definitely um, the most exciting dive, and the really, best visibility uh, we had. The visibility that day was incredible. I, I dare say it was the best dive I've ever had. Uh, well, so and this is the thing. This is our first dive on mm. that trip, and we had nothing and it to was compare the best, it to. The best dive of my right. life. I think I, I could think say so that too. for sure. Because we dove all that week, and we've been to Jamaica since then. And yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, but, that was the best dive ever. So I mean, with that, I mean, I am as excited as a diver could probably ever be. Yeah, which equates to probably burning, uh, you know, <laughs> breathing a little heavier than, than, yeah, than normal. normal. And mm -hmm. with those depths too, you know, I'm just burning through air. And, yeah. Uh, 
So I'll never forget it because, you know, they try, you know, you have to give them the, the half count. Mm-hmm. So I give, them, I give them the half count. Well, I don't want to be the guy that runs out that of air half, either. Half the air in your tank's gone. So that's what where we're letting the, the dive Yeah, just the keeping them up to date. Yeah. That we're at half air. So yep. he's asking what your temp, what your gauges are and stuff like that. So so I'm yeah. signaling, you know, keeping them up to date. Well, we're still we're still you we're know still swimming along, and, and I'm just now now it's come to a point now. Again, this is my first dive in X number of years. You know, it's been years. So now I can't stop looking at my gauge weight. <laughs> And I keep looking and there's back so and much forth. more to look at. I, and, and I'm just every, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is, this isn't good. And, and, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to panic, yeah. but I'm almost starting to like breathe more because I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And, well, well, uh, when you're down to like below 500, what do you think? Of the yeah. Like? Yeah. And in first dive of the trip. First dive of the trip. Dive. Yeah. Awesome. This is yeah. terrific. And yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Like, we got plenty more days to dive. Right. So I don't want to, like, draw attention to and myself. And you weren't that guy because we went up, we hung out, we did our decompression. Yeah. So now we're decompressing. And, you know, and at this point, I'm nervous with the amount of air I got and we still haven't decompressed, you know. Mm. So we're going to that, you know, that whatever footage we, we went up to in, uh, I don't know, if it was 15 feet, they have a bar that's that's below uh the surface in uh that's that to hang on so the <laughs> divers can hang on and just hang out there it's a bar that's suspended from the boat not like a drinking bar mind you i mean it is turks and caicos but they don't have that yet yeah yeah so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so with, anyway and it, with that they had the air right yeah so we're right near that in nobody's up at that thing because yeah. really you you can just monitor just and, you know you all you got to do is float at that level but the mm-hmm. bar gives you that depiction of of that depth yeah well, then I see that, you know, and they tell you they got an air air hose right to it. So the, the regulator's hanging there if you need it. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't want to be that guy, Wayne. So I'm <laughs> sitting there and, and now we're in that, that 200 bracket. And what and I'm we laughing gotta, is because I'm watching Eric do this. So, and here he is suspended. I watch him swim to that bar. So, and- oh, oh yeah. So I'm, I'm to the point where, yeah, Eric, Eric's going to need that regulator, like without a doubt. I mean, I'm watching this thing now. It's not even telling me that I got air. So, <laughs> so I go hang on the bar, you know, to get the rest of this, this decompression in. And, uh, so I'm, I'm at that safety stop hanging there. And I can tell you that unless, you know, when you get to the end of that, that tank that's on your back, uh, you can't get any more out of it. It, wow. it literally stops, Done. you know? So and now, now I'm in this standoff, this stare between the dive master and the regulator that's in front of me, the dive master and the regulator. And I'm just waiting for him to give me the signal I'm good to go up. Because he yeah. knows, I think, at this point, yeah. Eric's low. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think he realizes I'm no, I don't the think anybody dry, did you know? Until you but, out on the boat, so, so anyway, he gives me the signal. So I'm in this debate. Do you grab the regulator to get one last, you know, breath or do I go up? And, uh, so I literally am, I got no breath left. I mean, the regulator, nothing's coming out and I'm swimming to the surface. So I get up and I apparently didn't draw that much attention, uh, because so I, I get out, you know, everything's good. I'm like, wow, that was, I've never had that happen before. Mm. And you know, and I remember, and I think I started uh, off. And nor should you have it happen. Yeah. Again, just and, to, it, 
and I think I started off a little light on that tank. So, but I just I didn't think anything because it was our first dive, you mm-hmm. know. In between my excitement and yeah, I knew you paid attention to your text from there on. Every you know, I was gonna a, say a heavy filled yeah, tank, heavy you filled. Yeah, you weren't looking for anything. You <laughs> Nothing know, you were in looking that three thousand. Yeah, I want I want well over three thousand. So yeah, yeah, and never forget it. They go around and uh, they're asking everybody's finish, you know, level for their tank. Yep, and, the, the pressure you get left in your tank. I think I think they did a retake when I said zero and had to inquire with me again, and I just told them. Yeah, yeah I remember they were yep. like, "You said zero, yeah. his head <laughs> swivels." He's like, zero, and you're like, "Yeah, zero. He's like, yeah. oh. "Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> not good, yeah. man, not good, man." <laughs> So yeah, definitely a dive uh, for a variety of reasons. I mean, the the life we saw down there uh, ah, was just amazing and uh, brilliant that, colors. That visibility that day, that thousand foot depth uh, that yeah. I had no idea. Um, and then yeah, the running out of air. I'll yeah. never never forget that. So uh, I'm trying to train up Andrew so he can be my new dive buddy since you're abandoning. Oh. Me, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a mistake of introducing Eric to a, to a girl who's actually his girlfriend now. And she's taking him away. You know, we're, no more scuba diving. Well, I shouldn't say that. She, she's a teacher, so she can only have certain times of the year off and doesn't fit into the, the scuba diving schedule with Wayne. So I know. Um, I think Jamaica was our last trip together, Wayne. Yeah, that, that was. I, uh, hopefully, there'll be another one someday. But We'll just have to fit it in that, you know, to principals. If she becomes a principal, <laughs> she got a little more leeway there. I'm just trying to figure out. Got so, another job for her, so. so we can <laughs> we can get back to uh, you know be scuba buddies again. So, but I'm gonna have to train Andrew up, and then I'm, he's yeah. gonna leave me. So I think I'm gonna get my wife to try to do it too. So. Oh yeah, and then I can have a constant companion scuba diving. So, oh um, yeah, but that was it's too much fun. And it's yeah. too much to see, and yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an incredible way to do a vacation. So anybody out there that's thinking about it, get your scuba oh, certification. Well worth, yeah, well worth it. In- and it adds a different dimension to a Caribbean vacation. Yep. You know, I, I so look forward to meeting you at seven o'clock, having oh. coffee, and then going off to scuba diving. And we did a two tank dive and we were done at noon. And, you know, you have the whole day in the evening to hang out with the families yeah. and to do all the beach stuff. And But it just adds that extra to a vacation that you, you can't explain unless you do it yeah never mind i mean we had that included wayne you know and it was just yeah, yeah every day we got to do it in in an environment that is way nicer than where i learned out of scott oh. scuba dive you know uh, i learned in uh, new york yeah so Maine the, for me and yeah, it was cold and dark yeah Oh, yeah. you know, you're numb by the time you come out. I mean, in Turks, right. I think I, I just wore my swim trunks, you know. It was uh, it was awesome. And, and I got my scuba certification because New Hampshire has a scuba team. And that, my plans were yeah, to yeah. be on it. So the doctor, after I got shot in the line of duty, cautioned me because of the metal in me and the compression and this and that. So that it might, may have some problems. In hindsight, I, I should have tried it, you know, because I didn't have any problems diving at Turks and Caicos. So, I, you know, certainly... Um, I guess I should have tried it. That would have been another, another venue to my uh, my uh, journey as a game warden. So, but yeah, uh, yeah. certainly we're going to talk to some of those people. And uh, so, and you're not on the dive team either, and you're a diver. Yep. No, I'm not. I'm not on the dive team. So currently yep. not on. Not currently, but that, that, yeah. don't, you know, make that sure that's in your future. Yeah. I yeah. I hope it's, so. It's yeah. Definitely. I know you got a lot going on as a game warden. You know, you got a. Uh, you got Moxie, which uh, I yeah. don't know if Moxie is. My, my it's new not his partner. girlfriend. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess she could be in ways. So yeah, sometimes Mary partner. thinks she's she's above. She's her. more important than yeah. the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So I got to yeah. balance all the all those. Yeah, my dog and my girlfriend in my life. <laughs> yeah, and the dog's relatively new, huh? I mean, you're the newest member of the canine team. Yeah, so I've had uh, Moxie a little over a year and a half now, um, and she's been, I'll say, in working capacity probably. A little less than a year. So yeah. where she's been, um, you know, we've trained enough to be certified in, in, in a working um, capacity. And do you gravitate towards blondes? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really did want a yellow lab. Yeah, and, uh, you got your yeah, yellow lab yeah, and, yeah. and your, your, your girlfriend's a blonde. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I just had to throw that out there because <laughs> I, I think it's just kind of funny, you uh, you know, there's all kinds of blacks and chocolates out there, but uh, you get the yellow one. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I think uh, Moxie's kind of, uh, she's like Rin Tin Tin of uh, the 21st century. So, uh, <laughs> you know, because everybody saw you pick yeah, up Moxie. Her out. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, pretty pretty neat seeing how much or how many lives you touch or or interact with, with that show in, in the depiction. I mean, people come up to me all the time and we remember when, mm. you know, and, and generally it's when I picked out Moxie on TV. So, yeah. Um, with Lieutenant Boudreaux. So yeah. That was, uh, pretty which awesome. was, yeah, was an event in itself because I'd never picked out a working canine. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Lieutenant Boudreaux had had in the past, so certainly I'm relying on him pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, but then also I've read up on tests that we're going to do with these puppies. Right. You know these these eight week old, not even eight week old puppies. Flip them on their time. back. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, trying all these. Yeah. You know, just seeing how they react to being scared, dropping that bull, all these things. In mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I want to pick the best partner I can have. You Absolutely. Know? Um. It, uh, yeah, yeah. In the end, it came down to two, uh, that we were pretty fixated on. And, uh, one had, geez, even more energy than Moxie. I mean, it was just, just flying every which way. And then Moxie still had that, that I'll say more methodical. It appeared her cert, her, you know, canvassing area with our tests and all this stuff. And, uh, so they were pretty much on par for either one could be a great pick. Right. would be a good fit. And, right. uh, and actually unknown to us at the time, they happen to be the same two that, uh, CEO Mancini and CEO, uh, Benvenuti had, had picked out and come to their last two huh. as well. So that was kind of neat. Neat. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, yeah, Moxie just, I fell in love with Moxie. So that one, I mean, she just, she was the one in my book and, uh, here now being year and a half later, uh, I can tell you she was definitely the right pick. Uh, you know, she's got her personality that I'll say oh, no comes out, um, you know, uh, just something simple. Yeah. Just every now and then, you know, her, her personality comes out, whether she's working or on a day off. And I swear if there's water in any vicinity of where we're working or where we're ending or what, as soon as she knows she's got a little freedom, uh, she takes it and sprints to that water, whether it be a complete mud puddle or, or crystal clear spring water. Uh, she's got to get her swim in. So, right. And uh, I was there for her first kind of swim there on First Lake. Remember, we tried to get her in the water. She wasn't too crazy well, about it. Yeah. So that's what was funny is in the beginning, she just didn't want anything to do with it. I know. I, I, it turned into months, and uh, I was trying coaxing her in from a canoe. 
Um, you know, so I'd sit out in the canoe with her favorite toy. Yeah. And she didn't want anything to do with it. And uh, uh, it finally took, uh, and just, it was just totally bizarre. You know, I, I was just like, wow, this is weird. I, I never, you know, this is my first dog in adulthood. Never thought swimming would be a thing for a lab to have to really learn. And uh, we were up at family uh, family's camp and, uh, down there with one of their dogs and throwing a stick. And anyway, that Moxie got so fixated on wanting to get, you know, her toy or whatever I was throwing the stick. And, uh, when that other dog jumped in and swam for like the umpteenth time, she eventually she was dove like, right that in. That dog can do it. I can do it. Oh yeah. And then I couldn't get her out of the yeah, water. Wing. It's, so it's I probably, there. yeah, I probably caused some of the, some of her, uh, swimming diversions, but, <laughs> but she, uh, now she'll swim and loves it. Can't get enough of it. I got a, and pond. you got a pond in the back. Oh uh, yeah. So if I let her out to do her thing nine times out of 10, she comes back wet. Yeah. So. Goes for the swim. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's pretty awesome. But, so. Yeah. She's a heck of a partner to have. And, uh, I hope we have many years of work together and in hopefully many cases and, and become an asset to the have department. Have you had a good case with her yet? You know, we've had, um, a lot of a mixture, uh, but for the most part, it's been, uh, gunpowder fines. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, this turkey season in particular, we've had multiple fines associated with, with, I'll say poached turkeys. So, um, we actually connected to, for, uh, Sergeant Lucas, um, got called out to go assist him up in this area in Pittsburgh, uh, picture long, long road, uh, fields on both sides, long straightaway road and, uh, some witness account for shots, number of shots, placements of shots. Um, and anyway, in the search, the initial, initial search, uh, Sergeant Lucas was able to locate some evidence, um, but we were trying to kind of connect the testimony and, and some evidence where it was shot, etc. And, uh, so I got there anyway and, and put Moxie out. We ended up finding one of the wads associated with a, with a shot from the pavement that occurred. Uh, so anyway, that was the one, you know, Glenn was looking for that happy happy to connect that but it still wasn't adding up with the number of shots that this witness had heard um so anyway kept that in the back of our minds and i decided to kind of expand the search with moxie because she's it, it was just weird she only found the one there was multiple shots supposed to be heard and with how recent this shot was i mean she should have been finding it so the fact we were coming up empty-handed after that one was kind of honestly driving me nuts as a handler in my head you know i know she's working she's snorting she's searching great um so in my head i'm just kind of in, in that puzzled mode of there's more here i just gotta figure out where it is um so put up moxie got some more kind of ideas talked to glenn firmed up this other location as a possibility with some evidence we found on the road and uh also found a bunch of turkey feathers out but but it was on the opposite side of the road that Mm -hmm. wasn't initially on our radar and um so anyway put moxie out this is after a little break she had in the cruiser and uh, we located two more wads uh, affiliated with another turkey shot from the road so Hmm. um in the end it was only one turkey that was actually taken uh but two different instances with 
two different hunters shooting from the road at turkeys. Wow. So, uh, in, in, yeah, Sergeant Lucas was ecstatic to be able to connect two cases, which originally was thought to only be one. So, um, between the two of us and well, I'll say the three of us with Moxie, we got right to the bottom of it all. And, um, and that was, that was awesome. I would say that was the first, first, uh, successful case work for Moxie that actually resulted in a a summons as being issued. So that was, that was great to kick off this year too. She's certified, Kick off that's the a lot of work to, to a, lo- a long process. You pick out the puppy. That's just the beginning. Oh wow, Wayne! I I mean, you were certainly instrumental with that when I was getting Moxie and mm. getting that going, uh, the approval end of everything. And, and uh, I mean, I had an idea what it was going to be like. Um, in, it's a lot of commitment. You know, when Colonel sat me down, we had the discussion that you know, are you are you sure this is something you want to do? In um, in geez, just over the years i always wanted a dog in life right uh but not not if i couldn't have it at work you know mm-hmm. and because uh, let's face it we're working when we're on we're working uh, you're right <laughs> all the time pretty much 24 7 you know yeah. and uh so i didn't want to have to stress about getting home to let her out or something right. so perfect scenario when that opportunity came up and uh, you know i was honored to be able to be asked to or have the opportunity to do it and then uh and I remember, yeah, I remember currently, just, you know, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of effort. Just want to make sure, you know, you're, you're up for it. Mm. And I absolutely was, uh, but I will without a doubt tell you that it succeeded all expectations of what I thought it would take to get the dog to where she is today. Um, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, yeah. it's been yeah, definitely the highlight of my career, probably the highlight of my career will be having her and, and working with her. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just been, been an awesome start of my career with her. Yeah. And you put her through the canine Academy in Vermont. Yeah. So, uh, unique, unique to us. So, uh, all the fishing game canines currently on certify with Vermont police Academy, uh, their willingness to work with us and, and, you know, send us through their class uh was awesome so i had the that that course um so it was our basic tracking course while i was there i also did our detection work as well um so i had six weeks of of tracking uh wilderness urban you know kind of mixture of basic tracking to learn Mm -hmm. um which which covered that certification in the end to test on uh and then also detection work with uh fish turkey deer meat along with our gunpowder and, and human scent article searching. So that, that detection work was also a whole nother realm that I had, I had no idea on. It was just, just so neat too, to be there for six weeks. You got people who are devoted to passionate about helping, you know, get your dog up to speed, get, and that's the other thing. You think it's just training a dog. I can tell you there's just as much training in me, you know, training the wording. Uh, yeah. Had mm-hmm. no idea. I mean, it's just as much work for her as it is for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you think you just give a command and, and <laughs> that's all there is. Well, there's so much effort that comes from you in, in getting your points across to her in, in working. Well, it's teamwork, you know, yeah. it, it's a team effort. Um, mm-hmm. And and I just am so, in anything I do in this job, I want to do it to the best I can. Meticulous. Yeah. My OCD probably kicks in a lot. So I just, I get fixated on, on 
succeeding in such and such a thing and wanting to do it and in the dog work has been certainly a fixation in the last year and a half but i think it's going to be a fixation for her life and and so i i don't see a a light at the end of that tunnel it's going to be continued um work and effort but but I, i hope a finished product of or a working product that officers will really want to have and oh absolutely dogs are priceless good dogs are even more priceless well and it's so weird you know i've had last year a case where uh 30 odd six uh casing that we were looking for down at conway officers all over had been to it well it was that um it was that snow wane that's like that hard crust top Mm. and you know how that creates valleys and whatever for Mm -hmm for something like a, a shell casing to fall into. Absolutely. So ultimately no one finds it. And we get there the next day, uh, put a search out. We got one spot we think it's at. Moxie's not coming up with anything. We go to another spot where the shooter claimed to have been. Kind of weird spot to get a shot in, but it's pos- possible. But mm-hmm. still nothing we had found. So I put Moxie out. I don't even know if we were there five minutes. She pulls the 30-odd six uh, casing right out from like, you know, where like a sapling from the heating and cooling would have like a little, a little gap. Yeah. Pulls it right out of that hole. Wow. Downs. I was about as ecstatic. That was our first work find yeah. uh, or first or second. So anyway, I was ecstatic. It ended up measuring like 400 feet f- from the house. Uh, so it was a, I'll say a legal, uh, shot by law, not a shot I would have taken, but it was a legal shot. Um, and, uh, but yeah, was able to at least connect that piece of evidence for that officer. Right. Um, and that, that's good because that lets the officer know that it was legal. Yep. So, and he doesn't have that doubt anymore. I was going to say it can be, in some cases can be just as valuable as mm-hmm. finding something that's illegal. Absolutely. It can you know? prove, prove innocence as much as proven guilt. Yep. Yep. So. And, and to have that tool, you know, if, if we hadn't had the canine, I don't know that we would have, that that would have been found. You know, it was in such a unique spot um, that, yeah. So that was, that was real neat, uh, that one too. But yeah, another example, I guess. But yeah. And the name Moxie? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it was, so it was hard. I, I was in the debate on, uh, you know, when this all came about, for whatever reason, I was, thinking yellow lab i was gonna go tonka you know like tonka truck but then moxie i'm like i gotta i gotta have a kind of more of a i'm gonna say a girly you know name and and i was just so stuck on moxie i I love drinking the you know the beverage so um yeah i think josiah town actually got me into that he got really so you you didn't drink moxie your whole life you got hooked later he got hooked me on it yeah yeah he he got me hooked on it back when we were working on the coast so And, uh, yeah, so it's been, uh, and and for those guys listening in Australia, cause actually I had an Australian comment the other day. So he to me via messenger. So, so I got someone listening in Australia, but Moxie, and if you don't know, Moxie is a soft drink that's very New England orientated (laughs) in Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, maybe it's, it's very New England orientated. Yeah. What do they say? Distinctively different or something? uh, Yes. It has a very (laughs) unique taste. Designed, you know, same time Coca-Cola and Pepsi was, similar histories, but Moxie has stuck, and it's stuck very New England. So my brother's in New York and can't get it. When he's home, he'll buy five cases of it to haul back with him. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of, kind of crazy. There's actually a Moxie festival in Maine. 
So Moxie. I'm surprised they haven't invited you to that yet because uh, that, that might be a big <laughs> event. You know, have Moxie for the Moxie Festival. So yeah, but, I got. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. No. So it's been yeah. It, like I said, it's been been an awesome last year and a half with her, and looking forward to what the future brings. So. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, when you talk about your OCD and your meticulous and how particular you are. All I can think of is the airboat, oh, the, the airboat yeah. resurrection, I will call it. Our, and yeah, there is our, nobody that would have done a better job than you did, Eric, because oh, well. of those qualities, <laughs> meticulous, and wow, what well, a job. I appreciate it very much, Wayne, but you know, it was a team effort for sure. But Incredible, it, though. Uh, we, we, we resurrected an airboat from, yeah, <laughs> from the ashes. I'll call, we we should have named it the Phoenix and not the Goose. Cause, yeah. Uh, you know, and not realizing it because our airboat started, I, I guess it came, they, well, they get used a lot and used hard, and then it kind of stopped. And then we tried to revive it, and we had that training yeah. where U.S. Fish and Wildlife came. Um, yeah, because, well, in on your point of it you basically rebuilt in and built a team from not having really operators in the in the department anymore right. it's just been so uh, dwindled over the years yeah we had uh, never replaced them as they retired and stuff and it's such an asset so yeah richard johnson he's the chief of the u.s fish and wildlife refuge uh, officers or u.s yeah, refuge officers he's in charge of law enforcement there he'll probably never say this to me again he, you know he said anything you need wayne you know, just yeah, give me a yeah. call. Well, I know they do airboat training, so I call Richard, and Richard helped us out through the you know Umbagog refuges. Yeah, so um, yeah. we're able to help Come us home. out and sent instructors to instruct in airboat operations. And you took our airboat out well, with those guys, and you know, yeah. So I'll uh, so obviously brand new to the airboat team. Uh, you know, Wayne tells me that we got this. We're having this course, so. I know, you know, they're, everybody's going to be showing up on Monday, we'll say. And, uh, so I've got the airboat up at, up at the house or, you know, at the, at the refuge and got it, you know, ready to go in my head, you know, but I've obviously got no background of airboating. Uh, so this is my first endeavor of it. And, uh, so I, I think I had told you, Hey, I'll greet them when they get here. We'll get out on our airboat, check out conditions, you know, and, and, see what what they think and come up with a game plan for the area that they can operate in because they wanted to see that before starting our course absolutely and uh yeah so i'm i'm excited you know and and i you know i like our boat looks you know I'm, we're ready to go you yeah, know in my head i was just of the mindset we're ready to go i was too so i back it down to the to the launch and uh, immediately both instructors are going over the boat with me and, in, in, you know, something like um, a pre-flight inspection I'd never heard of. You know, I just, all these things that right. they're working on, looking over the boat on, and immediately I'm writing stuff down because I'm just like, yeah, you you name it, I'll figure that, you know, well, I'm going to write this all down because these are the experienced operators and mm-hmm. and they're telling me all the things, I'm, you know, wrong uh, to, to take care of and fix, you know. So I'm, I write it all down anyway, and we get out, and ultimately through this operation, I mean, the boat runs, you know, we get out, we check everything out, but for their from their standpoint with the, I'll say the issues on the boat, we our boat was deemed 
inoperable for the training mission, mm. uh, which took a lot of wind out of out of our sails, I oh, guess, because we're having the training yep. in New we're Hampshire. We're putting on the training. We had our airboat. We thought up to snuff, and then they say, yeah, we can't do it. This is dangerous. <sighs> yeah, and it just wasn't worth the risk for for the polymer, the this, the that. You know, it, you know, it just, hey, how many years has it been, oh. had it been setting way? Right, you know? absolutely, um, and used... In a lot of situations, and you know, we we never maintained it really. You yeah, know, we and it never was, fixed it as we broke it. Yeah, because what was it? A two thousand four Yankee mm-hmm. airboat. In when did we try? When did we start up? Was it twenty? Uh, yeah. Anyway, the last. Yeah. I'm like, it's been year, four years, five years. Yeah, because would it have been twenty fifteen? Does that 2015 sound right? Sounds right. Maybe spring of twenty sixteen. We actually yep. started the training. Right. And we needed a baseline to work from, yeah. so U.S. Fish and Wildlife was able to provide a baseline. Oh, yeah. Basic. So we invited Maine down there to train with us, who has three airboats at the yeah, time. Which I think was, they're up to four now. They came down, and they brought experience with them, too, yep. which was phenomenal. And I got spoiled with a supercharged engine to oh, drive around. And- that's right. <laughs> yeah. We should have. Too bad ours wasn't running. But I, I love our boat to this day. So, you know, we got that underneath us, our belts. We got our yeah. basic training, basic operators. Awesome Got everybody course. feeling comfortable with operating of airboats. Yeah. And, and then we had to raise the phoenix from the ashes, so to speak. Yeah. So I'll never forget. I'm pretty sure, you know, so... Immediately, Baygog Refuge became the place to do this restoration. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've helped me out tremendously over Absolutely. the years, and, and they certainly wanted to assist with this as much as they could. And, uh, yeah, so I think it was just, it was coming into fall, really, by the time all this got oriented to right. work on. So end of summer, into fall, and, you know, we need to get this stuff going. we got to get the boat ready for the season you know for i'll say the season you know ready for winter right um when it's when it's the when best asset it can the be boat the most thin yep. ice yeah you know it's the, no better platform to work off on thin ice you so. know and, but yeah. with an airboat it, it's great when it's running but when it's not running you're in trouble yeah and this it progressed quickly into with everything we you know when i began dismantling stuff from it 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 just one project led to another project, so on and so forth. And you stripped that down to And yeah, nothing. ultimately it Bare became, bones. we'll just say a full restoration, I guess. Full restoration, we, I would say that. Yeah. You know, um, while we were in there, you might as well fix and replace and repair. Welding all the holes yeah, that had yeah. previously been every hole. Yeah, I'll never forget because, um, you know, I did a lot of research calls, phone calls, all this stuff with trying to figure out the best way to uh, replace the polymer, the bottom, mm. uh, the, the thick plastic that's underneath the hull, uh, as that was probably one of the bigger undertakings of this restoration, uh, and I wanted to do it right. Uh, so anyway, between internet, phone calls, all this jazz, I remember one guy I'm on the phone with, and he's like, you got to have them weld all the holes. And <laughs> now, if if you ever look at an airboat, you'll see all these screws that go into that oh, that man. bottom. And whether it's five hundred holes, I, I have no idea. You know, it's something astronomical. Yeah. Um, and and when you look at it, it's very you know obvious that that's going to be a lot of work. work. Yes. And uh, I'm not a welder, so mm. but the refuge has personnel who are welders and they they jumped right to it i went down and i ran it by them i said you know i I think i'm gonna have to have these all welded up is that something you guys would be willing to do and they they said i I, i'm sure 
from they, their they stand- started with their backhoe straightening out oh yeah the hull of this boat too yeah it it so in the yeah once it was stripped down i think the the stern of the boat was basically concave i don't remember if it was like four inches which was causing you know if you tried to plane out with the boat at all it just affected the performance of the boat because it would it would be like plowing you know Mm. from the back it was really yeah so all that stuff yeah we had to bend the whole back out Yeah, using a backhoe or an excavator yep they they had yeah you know this this is the 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 small (laughs) small job you took on by any means you know yeah Uh, quickly realized that yeah it, it uh it definitely definitely snowballed in in yeah was a learning experience the whole time mm. um you know if, if there was something i couldn't figure out i'd ask them or see if they had a tool for it and uh geez paul jason and they'd jump right in there and, and help me out and we'd we'd figure it out you know and then that day would be done then i'd come in another night or day Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. And tackle this part of it. And, and um, I know the days I helped you, they were long days, tedious yeah. days, and they were work days. We worked our butts off yeah and i only helped you two or three days and you were at (laughs) this project the whole time you know it it was a blessing and a curse it was literally you know all of two minutes from my house where this boat was so that which was great because Mm -hmm. i could be there working on it easily uh but then it was a curse because i just thought of it all the time you know again my my ocd (laughs) and and i know how things when they're not finished yeah you're 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 on them you're on them you're on them so (laughs) so yeah like i said no one else could have done this project (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, it, I mean, it quickly, I say quickly over a couple months, just the full restoration of this thing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm extremely proud of where it's at uh, now. And you and, should be. And, uh, I'm just. We have a dynamic team that's highly yeah. trained. Yeah. That knows more about that airboat than the beginnings of the, the team did. Yep. And, uh, knows how to deal with issues and address issues. And, uh, yeah. yeah and we've had a great working relationship with Maine and their airboat team and uh you know my you know someday down the road I want to get Mike Joy and you on this thing together yeah. so we can chat about airboats and uh you know oh. Mike Joy is such a resource and a great great individual yep so highly yep. trained game warden that it's just got you know I might have to do just Mike Joy by himself because he's got so many stories but to get you and Mike Joy you guys have a a good re- working yeah. relationship and <laughs> Quite, quite work off each other too. So yep. yeah, that would be a great episode too. I was going to say, Mike might laugh I, half the time. So yeah, we we hit it off that that first yeah that basic course. And, yeah, uh, but yeah, tremendous asset. He's mm. been with with helping me out with stuff too over the the years. Uh, with you know, he and I, if we start talking about airboating, watch out because yeah, it's going to be a long night. You know, it is, <laughs> it is, and I've been there for it. So and uh. What a bond and a friendship that's formed out of, you know, getting this airport team back together and and using their resources to help us to put our team back together. And, you know, now I think we're on a good level playing field and we can work together. So it's pretty awesome to have that stuff. So I was going to say you you jumped on it and put that as a goal, Wayne, towards the end of your career and Mm. and look, look where it's 
Yeah, and I love it too. I love operating it, even though I scare you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> I operate fast and furious. Yeah. I know, just the way I do business. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember that training with uh, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife guy. We were doing like eighty across in Bagog oh, in that slick, slick loud. ice, and I looked up, and he's like, he's got the death grip on. He's like. You can slow down. <laughs> and I think if you, you I mean, know. I think I've had that same feeling being on the okay. passenger seat with you. <laughs> Except it was on Newfound Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, with fast speeds can be, you know, bad incidents happen to high speeds. So I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. So, But I'm a pretty confident operator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe too confident. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, it's and I got to finish up with this, Eric, because this is another thing that just uh, you know, again, me and you worked together yeah. on our the first episode of Northwoods Law, which oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I remember it was new to doing it, and you had the film crew assigned to you, and uh, it was like a Wednesday or a Tuesday yeah. in Errol. Yeah, so that was in. That I remember was a- saying to you, "What the heck are you going to do on a Wednesday or Tuesday in Arrow with a film crew?" And you had some ideas. I'm like, "Yeah, you know, you're going to go seal some fish, or maybe or." Um, yeah, I had. Well, I know exactly taxidermist, how it maybe. Went down, okay, so, well, I'll let you I, start that. Day. Yeah, it was kind of a mixture, uh, a mixed day weather-wise. In, um, but it was the first time they ever rode with me, Wayne. Yeah. So they met up. It at was the it house. was fresh. It was. Um, yeah, I'd never been with the film crew before, and yep. uh, so anyway, I had all these this game plan of setting this game camera up in this spot for some ATV issue I had. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, literally, we had we had gone done that. You know, it was kind a of a miserable day, rainy. Yeah, and yeah, just a and junky, cloudy spring yeah. day. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, and I'll I'll um, never forget because I get, yeah got called to a dead deer uh, on sixteen, and um, and that was when I actually you know in that in that beginning segment of Northwoods Law where we we met up with um the canoers and the, the fishermen I checked you know mm-hmm. was uh in fact ended up being uh, J- Justin who, who was later involved you know in the drowning um but you know happy to be out recreating it was pouring I think when I jumped out and checked them um you know the the high waters of that day with with that heavy rains we'd gotten was you know was certainly dangerous but at the same token that that high water and stuff is what people kayaking and rapids and, and rafting and that's stuff that's what draws them to yeah, it is yeah. that high water or that yeah yeah so although it you know is a dangerous scenario it's also a fun one too it can be yeah yep, yeah exactly and um so yeah so that was that was down downstream from Errol. it was it was still an Errol where i checked them but um yeah, so anyway, a pretty, yeah, just encounter of, of checking a fisherman and, and just chatting with some recreators uh, that morning, um, which then led to the complete, you know, opposite scenario of, of um, very evident a, a drowning. But initially, uh, that call came in uh, with me right at Cody's, hello Cody's, and uh, that somebody was basically out out on uh outcropping and just somebody under the under the bridge and arrow i think was how it came in mm-hmm. um and so all i guess i pictured was you know hey this is going to be a scenario where i'll grab my throw rope get right down and and we'll get this person to shore you know it's it, right it's in my head i guess at that point this isn't going to be a uh i don't want to say a big deal but you know with this 
this is going to be okay. Well, I got mm-hmm. the stuff to take care of this, you know, and, um, and as soon as we got there, you know, it's all of a two minute ride and not even a minute ride to get to there. And, um, yeah, the, the uh, scene was very different than what I depict, what I had thought from the call. So, uh, it became very evident quickly. Um, well, two things, I guess, first and foremost, it was the same people I had just talked with, um, in, in scene earlier that day and then evident that I'm, I'm missing one of the parties so that they they went under and it never came up so um yeah and initial scenes are just always crazy especially like that and there's a lot of information coming in whether it's wrong or right and you're trying to discern it and try to figure out the the best way to affect an rescue right. or even in your mind is this a rescue or is this a recovery at that point you know uh the officer's got to start making those calls and with people high on emotions yeah. and which we don't operate on emotions. Yeah. We get adrenaline dumps and we are, we're, we're, we're working and we want to rescue this person. But you know, when people are emotional, it's, it's, it's an intense situation, whether it's a car accident, whether it's a domestic violence or whether it's a drowning and you're getting all this information and these people are there and they're telling you one thing and another and, you know, and then you had that, you know, somebody go back in after him try to right right and i mean in yeah like you said on on my standpoint you know obviously you if somebody's needs help you want to be there to help Mm -hmm. and so immediately getting on scene you know you're just thinking okay where is this person and I'm going to throw my throw rope to him, Wayne. You know, I had had the throw rope ready, and then then it becomes evident that this is a drowning. Um, and uh, unbeknownst to me at that time, I mean, to know what I know now, I mean, right off, let's just say 10 feet off of shore is a 25-foot deep hole plus, mm-hmm. uh, which I never knew was in that spot uh, yeah. until we started diving on it, that that mission. But, but, yeah, one of the family members, you know, who was in the canoe with them, um, starts going back in the water in, in now from my standpoint, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm literally just jumping into this comprehending that, that somebody's, you know, underwater in, in, then we've got the emotion end of, of people trying to find and, and save this person. But at the same token, I don't, I, so you're I trying don't to keep everybody person. safe. That's yeah. currently safe. We Ex- don't want two victims yep exactly so that's stressing in my head i don't want to leave now now i've got somebody swimming after right somebody you know in in searching and so yeah it it snowballed into the event that it that it did you know and, mm-hmm. and so now i'm trying to i'll say make sure that person's safe and by being in the water in the motional state he was in i didn't think he was safe to be in there right and now you have other things to do, and now you're dealing with this other party, and you're one person. And you right. know, I, I get the call, and I know you're up there by yourself, so I'm jetting up there as fast as I can. You know, because you know, I'm knowing what you're going through because I've been there. You, you know, know, and and I I'll I'll stand behind. So my my locals up in Arrow, I mean, whether it's the the fire department, the rescue department, um, you know, these are all volunteer folks even just locals in general i'll say you know the the rafting outfit right there i mean everybody's was yeah, right there on outstanding scene, community you know and yeah. without them i mean we right. say it all the time without the people we we're, were surrounded by we wouldn't be able to do what we do and no. so we had folks correct. immediately on the water mm-hmm. i just wanted my boat there Wayne, right you know yep. so arrow fire it 
everybody jumped in with a rafting company and they, yep. they put guys out there right away to try to try to facilitate a, a rescue racistly because that's what they were yeah. trying to do at that point so in let's face it, i mean every event that you get on do that quick you're you're hoping the person's going to pop up right or right be no, uh, you, walk up on the shoreline absolutely you know, everybody you never is wanna, hopeful you never want to think that it's what it appears to be on right fit, you know and, right and um but even though same, that we probably know exactly what it is and it, uh yeah you hate to take that hope away from people in that in the, you know but then again that time going by mm-hmm. i mean we all know you can't live under the water you no. know um and and so it it the scene changed pretty absolutely know, pretty quick yeah, and I, when I got there, I got resources. I got other officers coming, and uh, you know, and then it turns into a recovery mission, which is no fun. So, and for us, you and I dealt with a family, and uh, yeah, yeah. you actually kind of bonded with his brother really well, and uh, his brother was part of the search and rescue mission. Yeah, uh, I put them to get you, Tim, and you together intentionally, so he could see everything we were going through. And I found out through my career is involving the family and keeping them informed as quickly and as much as you possibly can. And it's beneficial because they know what you're doing and they know you're trying their hardest to recover their loved ones. So, and, uh, yeah, so I think that was a good, and, you know, that was a three day search. The right. dive team didn't even recover him. Right. So right. that was some, some that was ju- crazy diving too. Just a unique area there with all the different currents. Eddies and, and you know, yeah. um, cause our dive team's very good. Oh Yeah. And they recover people, I would say, 95% of the time. Right, right. And, you know, for them to dive all day in two days and not be able to, to come up with them was just crazy. So, yeah, yeah. And then on Saturday, you know, canoers found them. Yeah. yeah. So we got that call. And you were on a day off, too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Because I was on. I was supposed to. to be on a day off, too. But uh, we, we jumped right to it on a day off and headed up. And, uh, yeah. you know, and the family was actually... You know, his brother was right there on scene, and yep. so, um, yep. um, but yeah, so that's that's a that's a tragedy that game wardens deal with in their job. You know, we're there to help people, but sometimes that help goes to recovery, and then help the families. Uh, you know, come together and uh, have. I mean, I'm I'm sure, without a doubt, that that was the worst day of that. You know, that families and those folks. Mm-hmm folks's life you know i mean they witnessed they were right there and and then for the family to then get you know the the news that their son their brother whomever is missing i mean we're we're there in our work capacity but during their right worst day and we get involved emotionally too because you can't if you're human you do oh yeah yeah you know you feel for these people your heart breaks for them and the longer it goes on, the more interaction you have with them and the more whether the bonds you build or whatever. And yep. one of my, uh, you know, and I, I think we, I just leave that there, all those thoughts and everything. I don't think about it again. After I'm done a mission, yeah. I'm done and I try not to forget about it. And I, I'll tell you, the first time I watched the first episode of Northwood's Law, it all came back and yeah. all those emotions and all those feelings came rushing back. And I'm like, oh, this sucks, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, right. um, it was great. You know, it memorialized Justin yep. like nothing else ever will. Yep. Um, yep. Absolutely. And I think you know it was a it was a learning tool. It was a training tool. It was a uh, you know to help others in the in the future. But 
You know, I think for you and me, it was, uh, we get to experience a, a bad day again. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've only seen that once and it took me a long time to, to even watch it. And I actually watched it with my grandparents, um, cause they had had it recorded, you know, and mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I'd been there obviously, you know, and, and for those days and just, uh, yeah, I guess to relive it, you know, for uh, during that show is is yeah, a unique thing to do. I had a lot of people call me up. Friends are like, "Was that real?" Right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, it was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just yeah, an eerie, eerie scenario to have checked that person, you know, hours before. You know? Absolutely. Just, uh, yeah. See Justin, and then and then days and then later, yeah. days later, recover Justin. So. Yeah. Um, no, but that's, it's a very sad part of being a game warden is, uh, you know, the stuff we have to deal with and people in their, their worst hours. And, uh, you know, I think I've developed, you know, trying to, to, to help them with that time because I've done so much of it. So, yeah. but like I said, the part of my defensive system is just to leave it there and not remember. And now I'm remembering it. So I was a, that was a tough one, uh, learning tools, I think for everybody. And I think, it's awesome that the family let that be released and uh, get that out there. So the the message is, you know, you know, water is dangerous and yeah. know it. Wear a life jacket. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I put on a life jacket probably more than ever. Yeah, be, because of you know things can happen, things yeah. you don't plan. I think you know probably one of the leading causes of warden deaths are drowning. Right. So, right. Um, so it's 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 a training tool it's a learning tool and it's just sad that we had to go through that and we still feel for the family i certainly know you do so and i i I do as well so yeah um and i usually i think usually every year around the um you know around the date i hear from the brother jason and jason and i'll usually catch up uh, around that time and uh yeah yeah definitely uh, yeah very strong individual yeah yeah sure was and stand-up guy to Absolutely. I had no doubt sending him out on a boat with you. He was very capable. Yep. yep. So, um, and, you know, up. yeah, every, every day we searched, we just hoped, you know, mm-hmm. Justin come walking over the woods, you know, and just, yep. yeah, you're right. You hold on to that hope. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's what we, you know, we talk about in critical incidences, you know, getting those feelings out and, you know, a year later you watch that show and I'll never forget the, the phone call that you sent and you're like, yeah, I just watched the first episode. I could tell by your voice, yeah. you know, I'm like. Yeah, it really sucked, didn't it? And you were like relieved that I thought that, you know. Yeah. You were like, you were like, yeah, it did, you know. I said, no, I totally understand what you're going through, and I went through it when I watched it too. Yeah. So yeah, but you know, I mean, we talk about what a great job it is, but it's a tough job at times, you know. Yeah. Somebody's got to do that, and I think we do it well. And uh, you know, I'm glad we can bring some relief to the families, you know, to actually find their loved one. Oh, absolutely. Even even that relief of closure um, mm-hmm. was certainly depicted there too. But um, we were able to provide that. Um, yeah. yeah. Jeez, I want to end this on a happy note. Yeah. 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 Jeez, Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's a totally yeah. awesome job. And when you're talking about Moxie, you know the passion you have for 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 being a canine handler. Yeah. Is and. That's what it takes. It takes a passionate person to do this job. If you have it, it's not a job. Yep, yep. I was going to say, some days, you know, a 14-hour day doesn't feel, you know, feels like an eight-hour Flies by. You know, Um, and I feel like this new part of it with with having a canine, uh, you know, it's it's 
becoming rewarding now with where she's at. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a whole new avenue. It, it I look at scenes differently now, mm. um, in just through a dog's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I get, uh, yeah, so you yeah, get down yeah. on all fours and go, <laughs> what do you think, Moxie? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I'm finding it's a different world though. When you do get down uh, on it and look at it from their view, yeah, yeah, it, it's a totally different. I mean, world. geez, Wayne, I got dog treats in every pocket of my my duty pants <laughs> under and, my dog's you know, yeah. yeah, coats, jackets. It's, uh, but yeah, yeah. So real excited about that, and and uh, uh, yeah. Just, yeah, just been a good. At, good at last some year. point, I want to get you and Glenn to, and talk about some of our experiences. The the night hunter we oh, got yeah. with you guys when you were hiking down beside the trail. Yeah. Uh, you know when your mother busts in on an investigation. <laughs> you know, th- there's a lot more to talk about. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I think you and Glenn would be a good dynamic team to 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 talk with a, as a group because uh, we got some stories together, and you and Glenn have some stories together, and I think it's fun. So yeah, uh, I hope sure. you've had fun doing this with me, Eric, because yeah. I, I enjoy it. So it's. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I enjoy telling game warden stories to people that hopefully enjoy listening. Yeah. So uh, it's a great career. It's a great group of people. Yeah. Uh, we're all cut from a similar cloth, and I just I, I like sharing that so people understand what kind of people they have protecting their resources and uh, doing them. And overall, policemen in the woods, being the police in the woods, because they got a they got a huge dedicated police force in the woods so protecting the resources and protecting the people that enjoy that that's what i want to portray but thanks for sharing it'll be a lot of fun take care thanks so that's conclusion of episode 11 with conservation officer eric fouette hope you enjoyed it uh that's two back-to-backs you really get a feeling for the type of person that eric is as well as the type of game warden and just like most game wardens out there they're very passionate people. There's no doubt that the job is a lifestyle. You're going to hear that coming up with Chris McCabe. Get some insight into what these guys are, how they work, some of their cases, and I hope you're enjoying it. It's pretty interesting to to hear all these stories. Uh, when I talk to wardens that I haven't interviewed before that I don't know their stories, I, I find myself on the edge of my seat, and I hope you find your yourself on the edge of your seat when you're listening to me as well. So episode 12 coming right up with Game Warden Chris McCabe of the Maine Warden Service. Chris, an outstanding individual with a lot of history of fishing game conservation work. Been highlighted in Northwoods Law, and he is highlighted for this softball game. He's the one that faced off with uh, Eric Fluette in the photos. Hope you enjoyed those photos. Those are great photos. You know, it just gives you some insight into the kind of officers these guys are, and they're going to play hard, and they're going to work hard. So join me again in two weeks. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from Game Wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. 
Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water. Every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.